0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. So today's episode is going to be about the confectionery industry, but not essentially about the journey, but more on how to optimize manufacturing and production using the new age technology. So as you would have seen it in the title, and when we talk about snacks and sweets, the name that pops in front of our eyes is uh, chitta Bandhu Group. So joining us today, we have the fourth generation partner from the chitta Bandhu Group, Mr. Indranil Chitaye, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. glad to be part of the show. So, talking about the Chitaye Group, uh, everybody knows the brand name Pan India because people have celebrated their events, their daily life and their festivals with sweets and products from the Chittai Group. But for a small percentage of people who don't know what Chitaye Bandhu Group does, can you tell more about what is Chitaye Bandhu Group all about? So, Chitai Group was something that my great
1: grandfather founded in 1939. Okay. Uh, this was uh, late Sri B G Chitai, uh, by whose uh, whose name we still operate the brand which is selling liquid milk. So, okay. Chitai Group uh, is an 81-year-old organization uh, with uh, interests ranging from milk, milk products, sweets and snacks, Indian savouries, uh, then fruit pulps, instant mixes. Uh, Going up to uh, Digitals, which is something that is another arm of the business and also backward integrated into part uh, where we are involved into genetics with the help of our joint venture. uh, Which is uh, ABS Global and uh, Chitai Group that has uh, entered into a joint venture together.
0: Okay. So that's a great uh, like for a 70 year old brand that initially started as a milk distributor back in the day. Uh, Correct maintained its legacy for more than four generations now and with such great accomplishments and uh, success over the years do you think there are any goals and milestones that you think are yet to be achieved uh, in coming days or years
1: you know so milestones are something that will keep evolving as we progress uh, i would say Uh, it's difficult to say that uh, if we've not achieved any goal or not uh, but uh, I would say uh, for my generation particularly, okay. Uh, you know, we have inherited a certain business at a certain value. And, uh, you know, uh, it is our responsibility that we not just cherish this and sustain this, but we also grow this. Right. So I think uh, my aim has always been simple that, you know, whatever I have inherited, I should at least be adding one more zero to the turnover. Right. And... Uh, in the past 10 years uh, whatever i have inherited uh, we've been able to do that uh, and uh, now with the more responsibility that i'm enjoying uh, i want to do uh, repeat the same activity again over the next 10 years.
0: right so as we are talking, are talking about technology and the advancements in technology uh, that are involved with the industry so i know you have been involved in the family business for about eight years now and You are an engineer and you also have a degree in telecommunications and electronics and you initially took projects in the company that involved basic engineering, like maybe installation or maintenance or anything related to digitization in your college Mm. time. So, can you tell us more about technological advancements that are made keeping in mind the competition around or the quality of the products and the distribution of products that is coming?
1: Sure. So so we like to call ourselves as a farm to fork organization where you know we are basically procuring things that come originate out of a farm and something that end up at the end of the supply chain onto the folk with which you're going to eat the product very likely. Hello. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that way uh, this entire supply chain is something which is our responsibility. Right. So that way, uh, how can we track this entire supply chain Uh, where whether if we are manufacturing something, how better can we do it? If we are trying to trace a product uh, coming in and going out, how better can we do it and how automated can we do it? You know, if uh, we are trying to sell a product, how can we use uh, data analytics and artificial intelligence or neural networks to actually enhance the way our products are being sold and know more about our customer? The point where how can all of this be reverse integrated back into our supply chain where our distributors or super know how much inventory they are supposed to carry. And with the same, uh, uh, you know, instead of information passing backwards, our manufacturing units know what they are supposed to manufacture in what manner so that the freshest possible product is available all the time. Right. So that way, all of this activity is something that you cannot do simply with the help of uh, telecommunications. Uh, but it requires a lot of seamless technology to be integrated across the supply chain. And that is what we have tried to do. So we will be employing man, uh, you know highly automated machines to manufacture products. That way we will be employing highly manufactured software systems to uh, uh, improve the quality of service across the sector. Right. And you know a seamless blend of all of this from a strategic perspective is basically what is going to derive an organization that is technologically advanced. Right. So, so, the organization of current times or future is not going to be somebody, somebody who is going to be reliant only on single avenue of automation or high-tech expertise, but something that is elevated from the whole standard. Right. And that is what we try to do. It's a it's an evolutionary process, I would say. It's not something that, you know, you, you have a full stop on. You keep evolving, you keep adopting, you keep learning, you keep improving.
0: That is how right. it works. Right. So with so much of data and so much of technology into the picture, there is one question which uh, if seen from an employee's perspective is a bit scary that uh, such advancements in AI or ML, uh, how would you take care of the employees in the future because uh, there are employees uh, that may be associated with the company who have been uh, a part of the group for a long period of time. So when the traditional jobs can be fully replaced by automation, how would you take care of the employees?
1: See, I I think uh, the answer to this lies with a slightly uh, more third-party view, which I would like to take you into. Okay. So, when, when there are industries that are working for three or four generations, they are going to be having thousands of employees move through their ranks. Right. And what essentially industries are doing is that they are helping eradicate poverty to a great extent because, you know, industries can employ the lowest Educated form of uh, uh, available labor in the society. Exactly. Uh, this is not something that high tech industries like software or other industries, are, you know, where your skill sets matter, can do. So, the labor intensive activities are where manufacturing industries have been employing traditionally the workforce. But as over the 70 years the country has progressed, so also has the industry progressed, and so also the quality of the employees coming into the industry has progressed.
0: Right.
1: So that way, uh, we have employees which have been second generation or third generation employees in our family, uh, in family business. Where, you know, say, for example, the first generation joined as a standard laborer. The second generation went on to become a manager or a supervisor. And the third generation has actually ended up becoming a manager or a franchisee owner also at times. Okay. So, uh, you know, the kind of uh, evolution that has happened, this is exactly the evolution that is going to, uh, you know, match with the kind of evolution that is happening with the technology being leveraged at the job sector. Right. So, that way, uh, you know, the people being hired will also have to evolve with their skill sets. Right. And that is naturally happening. So, it's not that, uh, you know, people are going to lose their jobs. It's just that the kind of jobs that people are doing are going to change. Right. So, there is no need for labor to be threatened or any people to be worried about them losing their jobs because the availability of manpower in India is so cheap that, you know, unless there are critical activities, it is Mm. very difficult to justify the cost of automation in India. Right. So that way the criticality of the job is something that which was labor oriented has been moved on to machines with the help of automation or great softwares. But the need or the requirement of person or that labor is not gone. Right. Their job description has changed. So that way that understanding is very necessary because very often people end up blaming that industries are automating so fast that they are losing their, their it is at the cost of jobs. So, it is not at the cost of jobs, it is at the cost of skills. So, the skill set required will be different. And as responsible organizations, we have focused on developing those skill sets in the time to come for our employees as well. So, that way, nobody really has to lose their job. Right. So, this is precisely how the capitalistic model of creating industries and creating employment and creating sustainability and creating evolution in the society works. So, that Uh, first generation employees if they are laborers it has to be that you know if the industry is doing well their next generation will not be laborers right unfortunately very often we see that you know the socialistic attitude that our country employs where you know we do not have do not celebrate the idea of creating wealth that is where the people always remain in that same bracket right so that responsibility lies with the manufacturer and how do you ensure that this person who you have employed, his son also not happens to be in the same job description but is evolved.
0: Yes, exactly. And
1: that is what we have to focus on as time comes.
0: Right. And uh, in the last few months, uh, the country uh, has been going through an outbreak of coronavirus pandemic and mm-hmm. that has transformed various businesses including the food industry in India and also Correct. for that matter across the globe. So in a situation Correct. like, uh, what are you trying to learn as a company? Uh, that uh, let's say about the products or consumers to produce such great quality of products and service for the consumers.
1: See, I would say uh, what matters is that you know how transparent are you as a brand uh, with regards to your customer is something that is going to set aside the uh, uh, the men from the boys in the time to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know uh, your consumers are basically worried be it any brand so if you are a restaurant your consumer is worried that is the cutlery going to be sanitized if you are a sweet manufacturer they are going to be worried if the shop is going to be sanitized if you are a hotel employee, a hotel owner they are going to be wondering if the, uh, the bed and the uh, uh, you know the, uh, the room is sanitized so that way if you are an airline owner they are again going to worry about the same thing right so, this worry is something that comes because the information is not clear. Right. So, how clear can you be in communicating all the measures that you are taking with your consumer mm-hmm. is going to be the key differentiating factor with how you engage your customers. Right. If this communication is clear, if you are able to address all their concerns, all their fears, all their doubts, if you are able to answer all their questions with a uh, improvements or showcasing what you're trying to do and you know if you're able to instill that confidence into the customer I don't think so it's going to be a very difficult activity to do but for you to be that transparent you as an organization need to be very compliant
0: right.
1: and self-assured from the quality assurance perspective
0: right.
1: so that is something that fortunately we as Chitale family have been programmed that's part of our DNA because we are known for our quality so right. that is what we try To show our consumer, and that is why you know, in spite of the pandemic, where there has been a slowdown, it has affected us much lesser than many of our competitors. Right. And at transparency, will continue to help us grow.
0: Right. So let's say uh, we were talking about uh, as we were talking about the employees. Now bringing the other side of the table, that is the consumers, into the picture. uh, How are you helping them with making decision, like decision making or getting consumer feedbacks? And also, to some extent, development of new products. You know, as a uh, as a as per the consumer demands.
1: Yeah, so that means that we have to actively uh, listen to what our consumers are saying. So uh, you know, uh, till very recently, us uh, owners were not very active on social media. Uh, it was always our uh, media channels that were doing the job of doing it. Right. But now, post-corona, I think Twitter and Instagram are something where two of us have picked up, uh, Facebook and uh, you know YouTube are others where two other cousins of mine have picked up the engagement activity, where we as owners are dying to bridge the communication gap between the consumer and the brand. Right. You know, that authenticity improves when you as a consumer feels uh, empowered by the idea that I spoke with the owner of Chitwek. I did not have to go to the store. I did not have to go to uh, their website. I just tweeted, they replied and they acknowledged what I was saying. So, I am being heard. Right. If this is the kind of confidence we are able to bring into our consumers, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, they will definitely feel assured about buying any product from us. Obviously, we are going to make some mistakes. We are going to create, do something which we did not intend to do, and that's something that will be genuinely a mistake. Right. So we will have to also be acceptable, uh, you know, or facing the this fact for the consumer as well that if they have a grievance, we need to listen to that, and if consumers feel listened, heard, imp- and we show that empathy towards them, which is genu- it needs to be genuine, uh, I think that whole g- boundary will be overcome. I don't think so. That's going to be a problem.
0: Mm. So before we move towards the end of this uh, episode, there is one last question uh, that is about the marketing. Uh, I know this is very different from the topic that we are talking like production or manufacturing. But I think it's also important to market your product well and for a brand like Chitve that has advertised their products by banners or holdings or even TV ads in the past. In connection to the technology right now like website or social media, uh, there are many uh, uh, like websites also for such companies. So what are your plans as a company for that? Uh, are you planning to make an app as you already have a website but are you planning to make any apps that will specifically ease the user flow or anything like that?
1: Uh, we don't intend to make an app to be very honest for the simple reason that what we have seen is that you know consumers prefer browsing these products than actually buying through apps.
0: Right.
1: The kind of product range which we have is so wide and so diverse. We cannot restrict ourselves to an app for the simple reason that you know the app basically focuses the uh, or brings the consumer focus onto certain products they only need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The consumer will only open the app when they feel that I want to eat bakarkoodi or I want to eat flavored milk, a drink flavored milk. They will go into the app and order. Right. But how do you entice that consumer to buy three other things? Right. And that is something where the app environment falls short. And that is why consciously we as an organization have taken an effort that we don't want to do an app. Maybe we will do an app only for engaging our consumer and interacting with our consumer and hearing our consumer.
0: Right.
1: But from the sale perspective, I think we have also seen with some e-commerce giants, I cannot name name them for the sake of uh, uh, copyright and other uh, legal issues. That, uh, you know, when they moved only to an app only platform, their sales started to tank. Right. So why do you think that happens? That is because you know the bandwidth that you can see on uh, of what you want to buy on an app versus what you buy on a website changes and these kind of activities work better on web rather than app because you get the width of the screen rather than the height of the screen. Right. Exactly. So that's why uh, we have so far stayed away from the idea of making an app but we might let's see if, uh, if uh, you know there is a big change in the way the screens are going evolving right now uh, mm-hmm. it can be thought of that you know if there are foldable screens that
0: come mm-hmm. yes and i hope that uh, Chitay bandhu keeps maintaining their legacy like it has over the years by providing the best quality of products and service to the cons- customers and i would like to thank you mr Indranil, for being on the show and sharing the story of chitai group with us I'm glad to be part of it. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. See you in the next one.